Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Wolfrider Productions and Realm present ElfQuest, Journey to Sorrow's End. Directed by Fred Greenhalgh. Episode 5. See them now, the elves who have forgotten they are elves. See how they stare in wide-eyed wonder at the circular room which seems larger within than without, which glows with a light source hard to place. See them stare at the dais, at the many-colored mosaic disc behind it, and at the tall, softly-gowned figure enthroned in the center, the mother of memory, me, Sava. Welcome, my ragged young visitors. Welcome to Sorrow's End. Oh, Sorrow's End? Cutter, isn't that what you named this place? Uh, how did you... No, it's simple. You all share a connection to this place. How can we be connected to a place we've never been? You are elves indeed, brave travelers. Allow me to welcome you. Our people are of one heart and one mind. No matter the circumstances which shape our behavior, or indeed, our bodies. She's so tall. By the moons, it's like seeing an elf standing on another elf. High one. Are you one of the high ones? (laughs) No, child. You flatter me. Old I may be, but not that old. Now, now, there is no need for you to kneel to me. I am Sava of the Sunfolk, some of whom are pleased to call me Mother of Memory. Do not be afraid. Have you truly never seen an aged elf before? I see. You, dear one, you are the eldest among your pack, yet you are still but a stripling. (laughs) Well, now I'm not so young as all that. She says she's not a high one. I'm not so sure. Come here, child. What is it they call you? Cutter, is it? Hmm. A fine name for a fighting cockerel. My, look at your hair. There's even a crest here to complete the image. You, uh, honor me, Mother of Memory. 
My heart rejoices that you are here at last. I have long believed that other children of the High Ones dwelled in lands beyond the desert. Here, see the pictures carved upon this wall. They are so tall. But they have pointed ears like us. Uh, and they look as if they're crossing the desert, uh, like we did. Who would be foolish enough to attempt such a thing without being forced to? You wolf riders came from the green growing place, which is a legend to all but myself. You see, I am old enough to remember a time before the village. A time when my family crossed the burning waste, just as you have done, to settle here in the oasis we named Sorrow's End. Sorrow's End? Yes, young chief. Somewhere amid the sand, rocks, torrid breeze, and limitless sky, you've sensed it. Our people are of one heart and one mind. Across all time and distance, yes. Mother Sava, did the humans chase you away from your halt too? Humans? Mother Sava? See this other image. This harsh world has wrought many changes in our kind. Countless years have passed since I was as young and resilient as you wolf riders. But I remember. Oh yes. I remember the humans. We sacrifice this demon's blood in the name of the Great One! <laughs> Redlands, it's done. We're safe now, beloved. They feared us when I was a child in the woods. And still they fear us after all this time? It seems all living things change, but they. They were killers then. They're killers now. What a pity, Silent Archer. Your ancestors were my height, but as time passed, their children were born smaller and smaller. The small ones had a better chance against all enemies, not just the two-legged ones. Humans walk upright. They speak with words. They bear their young, and they sing. Oh, yes. I heard them singing once, a very long time ago. They are not altogether unlike us. There must be a reason for their eternal enmity toward our kind. Perhaps we shall never know what it is. Well, <laughs> you are safe now, my woodland cousins. There are no humans here. That night we welcomed Cutter and his pack with a great celebration. So much about the Sunfolk was new to them, 
the use of fire to cook meat and vegetables, the raucous music, the whirling dancers. Bedazzled, these shy wood elves had never experienced such generous hospitality. Welcome, Wolf Riders. I am Audrey, handmaiden to Sava. There are no words to speak our wonder and our joy that you, our brothers and sisters, have traveled from a place of dim legend to dwell with us here under the mighty Daystar. With one heart and one mind, we, the Sunfolk, bid you loving welcome. The green growing place was the first shelter the first refuge of the High Ones. Well, you wolf riders know that place well, but you come from there, as does our revered mother of memory. But we, Sava's descendants, can only dream of the forest, for none of us has ever seen it. Our oldest dance, the first dance, is the story of Sava's journey through the desert with her family and the founding of Sorrow's End. Watch now. The green growing place was home. My ancestors called themselves the Rootless Ones, for though they were part of the forest, they held no permanent place within it. My birth brought the number of rootless ones to thrice eight and six. My people were great hunters and they were fearless. The rootless ones did battle often and fiercely on bands of humans who sought to drive them from the forest. But a time came when bands of humans united in warfare against them. My people fought bravely, but were overpowered. My family decided to flee the forest, to seek a place where humans would not dare to go. To the north lay more woods, to the east the flatlands where humans often hunted great bulls and fleet hoofed dogs. We chose to follow the setting sun until we came to tall mountains that sundered the passing clouds with their blue peaks. But even there we found fresh human spore, and so, Lest the enemy spy us among the green grasses of the valley, we fled away to the south. The land we came to was all bare rock. Beyond it stretched an eternity of sand. Yurik, the rock shaper, became our leader and our salvation. He urged us into the desert vowing that he would protect us with his powers. By day, we slept, protected from the all-consuming sun within the shelters summoned from the sand by Yurik. When evening light fell, Yurik would dissolve the shelter he had made, and he would summon water for us to drink from the rocks deep under the ground. 
Then we would walk all through the night. Five tiny fragments of life in a barren wilderness. Only one thought cheered us. We knew humans could not exist in such a place. A rock shaper? Is it possible? I can't imagine shaping a thing that isn't alive. For one full cycle of the greater moon, twice eight days we wandered. The flesh melted from our bones, and we became deathly weak from lack of food. But Yurek guided us onward, his power seeming to increase even as his body faded. The ground spoke to him, and it told him of a place where both water and food could be found in abundance. And so, at last, we came to the mountains, and to this place of hot springs and teeming life, which we named Sorrow's End. Do you like the story so far, my woodland cousins? Uh, Yes, Mother of Memory. There is more. Not long after my family settled here, our numbers began to increase. My mother joined with her cousin, Malvi. And though I was newly of age to bear children, I had already recognized Yurik as my life mate. Yurik. I loved him. Though I have outlived him by so many years that the counting no longer matters. He used his powers to open the ground and create the well that never dries. He drew forth the foundation of the great central hut and raised its walk so that neither storm, nor rockfall, nor trembling of the ground, nor time itself can weaken or wear it down. He lived to see generations of his descendants, his and mine, grow in number. He lived to see his powers passed on to his children's children. And even though his oneness with this place cost him the life within his body, his soul lives now in every rock and grain of sand that touches sorrow's end. See there, the Bridge of Destiny? The Bridge of Destiny is the high place closest to the sun. Each dawn, the first light of the rising day star gleams through the space between the two horns. Long ago, however, when Sorrow's End was young, the tips of the horns were not joined as they are now by a narrow bridge of stone. It was Yurik's habit to meditate every day at sunrise atop one of the two peaks. As time passed, his willing senses absorbed every secret that the silent rock held. He learned that the pinnacles had once been united in a mighty arch, that harsh winds and rains and whirling sand had worn the span through, parting the rock masses in two forever. Yurik became obsessed 
with the desire to reconstruct the Arch. He meant to test his power to the limit, and no one could dissuade him. One morning, Yurik did not come down from his place of meditation. Watching from far below, I saw a bud of stone suddenly erupt from the tip of either peak. The nodules began to grow toward each other. My life mate was, by his own will, forming a bridge of living rock from the substance of the two ancient pillars. Many days passed as Yurik drew the clay of his efforts from the very ground itself, up through the two peaks. I brought food and water to him, which he would not touch. I brought love to him, which he would not take. To shape the stone, he had become a thing of stone himself, immovable, unresponsive, at peace, save for his desire to complete the bridge. The fingers of rock grew, closing the gap between them, until they touched and merged into one. My young woodland cousins, perhaps you cannot conceive that an elf would willingly part with life. For you, the living is all, an end unto itself. And a life mate is just that, a mate for life. One who becomes part of you, completes you, loves you faithfully to the last. When Yurik's great task was done, I thought he would return to me. But the rock had taken him. That which he had shaped by his will had reshaped him. The essence of the primal stone suffused his being, and he no longer knew me. Neither did he know it when, as he stepped in his final exhaustion to the center of the slender arch, the strong wind carried his body away. He fell into the chasm which yawned below the bridge he had given his life to create. Madness! What a stupid, senseless way to die. When you have dwelt among us a while, you will begin to lose the urgency you feel toward bare survival that is such a part of your natures. You will learn that life here is neither short nor bitter, and that death, if it comes, is change rather than an ending or tragic loss. Your times of mourning are done, brave wanderers. You have come to sorrow's end. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Gaily now, dancers. Your toes are too much in love with the ground. (laughs) Don't they see how easily they've been taken in? How quickly these savages who claim kinship with wolves could turn on us and destroy all we love. Rick, why do you sit here so far away from the lights and joy? My thoughts keep me company, Tora. By the look on your face, I'd say those thoughts aren't the most pleasant company. Why not go find Lita? I'm sure she would welcome a dance. (laughs) I see your daughter well enough from here. It seems she has found a new dance partner, such as he is. What are countless eights of years of friendship with me compared to the novelty of a wild elf who reeks of animal skins? Ah, I see. Here, I brought some stew and bread. Eat. How could anyone eat watching these these creatures who call themselves elves devour raw meat like beasts in the wild? Yes, they are different, aren't they? They attacked us, stole from us. Why do we welcome them in so readily? They were hungry. So are you. You haven't eaten all day. Very well. Thank you. Perhaps we needed a bit of wildness. How do you figure that? It will certainly do the village good to have a band of such capable hunters. The village already has a hunter and protector. I have served us well all my life. No one wields the powers I wield. 
No one else hunts how I hunt. Now these savages turn up, and everyone in the village loses their wits? Hmm. Something more than the welfare of sorrow's end worries you. Perhaps you fear losing your place in Lita's heart. Have I not earned my place? Some things cannot be earned, Rayek. They must be given freely, or not at all. What of recognition? Its demands cannot be denied. Ah, but recognition is another matter. Just because an elf wants it, it cannot be made to happen. Lita is the only maiden in the village who understands the old powers as I do. Are we not fit to recognize? What makes this filthy brute better suited to match her gifts than I? If what you value in my daughter most is her use of the old powers, then perhaps it is not such a good match after all. <sighs> Eat the stew if you want. I shall rejoin the celebration. As you like. I've had enough. Nearby, Lita and her sister Shinshin make fun at a snoring wolf rider, Pike. Little sister, your companion has had more than his share of squad needle wine. <laughs> and then some. Oh, I like him. Oh, look there, how the young wolf rider chief stares at you. I think he intends to carry you off again. Best be on your guard. <laughs> Long accustomed to her younger sister's merry teasing, Lita would have liked to laugh. But Cutter's intense, unwavering gaze was not easily ignored. Troubled, Lita rose to lose herself once more in the revels, only to have her hand caught by Rayx. Honor me with the dance? Of course. There they swayed, Lita and Rayek, their steps in close but not perfect unison. Lita kept glancing over her shoulder, her eyes meeting and locking with cutters. Rayek too glared at the Wolf Rider chief with daggers in his eyes. Faster and faster he whirled, as if his ever more fevered steps would prove he owned the maiden. But Lita was not to be possessed by anyone. Enough, Rayek. You prefer the arms of that barbarian? No, never. But I also don't want... Why must I explain myself to you? Lita! I could never take the life of any of my sun-brown tribe, but for you, pale-skinned wolf chief... I might make an exception. So began the slow mingling of brethren separated by time and culture. More comfortable within the cool darkness of the sandstone caves than in the sun folk's huts, the wolf riders and their wolves made their dens among the rocks above the village. That's like a tussle among the wolves. Mm. My briar sting is giving your night runner more and more guff of late. I'm thinking briar sting can't take his eyes off Silver Grace. <sighs> a shame for him. Well, it seems night runner still leads the pack. Maybe for now, Strongbow. But in two turns of the season, 
My old wolf friend won't stand a chance. Those seasons are yet to come, my chief. Let's bring in our catch. Long-eared desert hares for all. Time to stuff our bellies, then sleep. Good, more desert hair. Always could use more desert hair. In the village, the sun greets Lita and her sister Shinshin. Sounds like they're getting ready to retire for the day. Come with me, Lita. I have some blankets to bring to the wolf children. Those caves must be so cold and dank, even in the daytime. You go. I don't want to. Because of Cutter? Must you be so unforgiving? He may have frightened you, but he did no harm, and he apologized. Shen Shen, Lita has enough sense to avoid those barbarians altogether. Especially Cutter. I do not recall inviting your opinion on the matter. Little fool. Just as enchanted by those jackals as the rest of the village. Rayek, come. Sit with me while I embroider this shawl. No. I have hunting to do. Rayek. Well, by the midday fumes, he grows more ill-mannered every day. The strangers make him nervous, that's all. Puh. He's needed a good taking down for some time, and son bless me, I think Cutter may be the one to do it. <laughs> Sluggish dirt diggers. Those zwoot brains, all of you. Rayek curses his tribe as he stalks out into the desert, bearing only a golden dagger to hunt the bristle boar. There, you tasty looking fellow. Let's get a look at your eyes. The method is simple, inescapable. The beast looks up from its rooting about and is caught and held in Rayek's spellbinding gaze. Instantly, the boar is paralyzed. <sighs> now, my bristling friend, you will not feel this. Well, that's how you froze Pike, Black Hair. What? Holding prey in a trance? It takes away all honor from the hunt. What do you know of honor? You are more beast than elf! Is it an honor for animals to die in terror and pain? My way spares them that suffering. Oh, is that how you plan to catch Lita then? Stay away from her, barbarian. I warn you. Do not cross me, or you will stand no more chance than this! <laughs> He's something. I've never had an elf enemy before. <laughs> Worse than a human, that's certain. So you're sure of it? She's the one? Yes. I knew at the moment I saw her, and so did she. <laughs> she... She knows my soul name, Skywise. I'd stick my life on it. Damn. Damn. Then you should talk to her. I will. Tomorrow, when she's awake. <laughs> night hunter recognized by a night sleeper. Getting together is an interesting problem. Take a rest, will you? <laughs> Skywise, how's he doing? He's getting sick, but it's not anything we can heal. Hmm. As I feared. Father, what's wrong with Cutter? He hasn't eaten for two days. All he does is think of Lita. We call it recognition. Sometimes it happens like that. There's no telling when or why. Sometimes... 
two elves recognize each other and bang, it's fixed. There's nothing either one of them can do but accept it. Poor cubs. Fixed? Forever? Forever. Once you recognize your life mate, even death won't break the bond. You become one soul in two bodies. <sighs> Believe me, I know. And that's what happened to Cutter? But father, what about love? What about choice? How can they become life mates? That's the problem. Isn't it, pretty Gump? Can this recognizing happen to anyone? Any time? Indeed. And right about now. I bet that poor lass is feeling just as rattled as our chief. I just don't know. Damn. 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 The word. A sound. What is it? Striving to stay awake long past sunrise, Cutter woke, determined to speak his feelings for Lita. It was time for him to say the unsaid thing between them. The thing which they each knew to be true. Lita? Lita, I know you're listening. Many days have passed without a word between us. Why do you deny the truth we both know? Truth? What truth? I don't know what you mean. Yes, you do. In my tribe, we don't play games with our hearts. We know. Know what? I... I won't hurt you. No. You won't. Then why won't you... Rayek, no! <clears throat> what is this? It's a challenge wand. Take it to Sava. She'll tell you all about it and how to prepare. We meet soon. Many of us have heard of the legend of Zorro, but you may be less familiar with Joaquin Murrieta, the very real man behind the legend. Realm's newest podcast, Blood and Gold, starring Emmy-nominated actor Richard Cabral, tells Joaquin's tale. To some, he was a hero, to others, a villain. But before all the action, Joaquin Murrieta was just a young man in love who believed anything was possible. When the irresistible dream of the California gold rush quickly turns into his nightmare, Joaquin takes up the life of an outlaw, one determined to strike back at his oppressors and become a leader and avenger for his people. For fans of Deadwood and Desperado, Blood and Gold is a Western legend that provides an important perspective on events in American history. It's based on a novel of the same name, that was co-written by Peter Murrieta, one of Joaquin Murrieta's descendants. Learn more about Blood and Gold at realm.fm, and be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to ElfQuest, the audio movie, a Wolf Rider Productions podcast presented by Realm, directed by Fred Greenhalge, developed by Warp Graphics, Digest Media, and Blue Jay Atlantic, in association with the Fantasy Network. Based on ElfQuest, created by Wendy Peeney and Richard Peeney. Script by Alexander Danner, James Leva, and Fred Greenhalge. Creative consultant, Wendy Peeney. Creative producers, Jay Woodward and Fred Greenhalge. Executive producers, Wendy Peeney and Richard Peeney. Starring 
Chris Summer as Saba, Alejandro Saab as Cutter, Claire Kramer as Clearbrook and Rain Song, Aaron Douglas as Tree Stump, Brennan Lee Mulligan as Pike, Nicole Maines as Dewshine, Thomas Trin as Scouter, Cassidy Caston as Dart, Damon Alums and Cola Malik as Humans and Warriors, Hugo Pierre Martin as Red Lance, Amber Benson as Nightfall, Will Friedell as Strongbow, Abby Akinizer as Audrey, Pun Bandu as Rayek, Lisa Renee Pitts as Tura, Divinity Rocks as Lita, Yasha Jackson as Shenshen, Ozark Chow as Skywise, and Tim Russ as Sun Toucher. Casting by Stephanie Clapper Casting, CSA. Original score and composition by Frank Schulmeyer. Dialogue editing by Jason DeWald and Remy Dickinson. Sound design by Frank Schulmeyer and Rory O'Shea. Final mix and master by Rory O'Shea. Post-production supervisor, Fred Greenhalgh. ASL version produced by The Knack Factory. Find it using the link in the metadata of this podcast. Thank you to our early bird, Kickstarter, and backer kit backers, without whom this production would not be possible. Thank you so much, everybody. Special thanks to Sandy Resnick for helping travelers find each other along the way. Learn more and follow the adventure at elfquest.com slash audio dash movie. That's elfquest.com slash audio dash movie.